from the Mercy One Studio. Thought of the Week with Monsignor Frank Bugnano every Wednesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and online at iowacatholicradio.com or the Iowa Catholic Radio app. This is Monsignor Frank Bugnano, Iowa Catholic Radio, talking about the Bible uh, on these uh, programs here. Um, and um, we want to talk a little bit about the authority of the Bible. I've talked about that before. So uh, how, do I, how do I know that, there is, that the Bible is the Word of God? Who's, who said that? Who's the one who made that proclamation, it's the Word of God? Well, that was made by the church in 393 A.D. at the Council of Hippo. There had been confusion in the first four centuries, a little bit of confusion about what was the Bible, what was uh, interp- uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, because you had in those first. If, if you study this stuff in the first uh, couple centuries, you had all kinds of writings all over the place. People were writing everything. You had good stuff. The letter of Barnabas. Uh, Barnabas, as you know, hung out with uh, Saint Paul. And uh, and his we have it now. I read part of it the other day. It's very beautiful, very nice. The church says it's good stuff, not inspired. Uh, then you have the Didache. Didache. Uh, the Didache was ten chapters uh, of a catechism for people wanting to join the church. And in the year seventy A.D. That now that's uh, what uh, twenty years before Saint John the apostles were still alive, um, and they may have used the Didache. Uh, and if you read the Didache, we knew it, by the way, we knew the Didache existed because it was referred to so often uh, in, in later centuries. They would refer to the authority of the Didache, whatever. And it wasn't until, a, I'm sorry, I think it's about the 18th, 19th century that somebody was uh, scraping, you know, what they used to do is they had sheepskins or whatever they would write on. And then uh, what they would do is they would write over it if you wanted to write something new. You don't, you don't go buy more paper you know no you just write over what was there before so somebody was um reading one of these real old parchments and and decided to scrape it a little bit and oh there's something underneath this one scrape 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 it's the didache we knew it existed but we hadn't nobody had seen the thing for 1800 years they got it they they translated it Perfect, all 10 chapters. It tells about how you become a Christian in the year 70 A.D. Baptism, right. Confirmation, right. And Holy Eucharist, right. Just what we do today. That's exactly what they were doing. We've done this for 20 centuries. But was the Didache inspired? Is that the inspired word of God? No. It's good, good stuff, true. Not inspired. So as I had mentioned on previous programs, how did we ever get the Bible? To, I can hold this up and say, this is the inspired word of God. Well, who said that? Who, who? Well, it was decided in, historically, 393 A.D., North Africa, all the bishops of the world came together because the Pope called them together to say, look, there's a little bit of confusion about what is inspired, what is not inspired. We pretty much know, but we want to solidify. Let's let's nail this thing down. So they polled all their parishes, uh, and it took them quite a while. They asked the people. They asked the priests, deacons, leaders, lay leaders, you know, what do you think 
is inspired. What do you think? What do you what, what do you hold up at your Sunday masses as the Word of God? Well, they all said, well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, no problem with the four. Anything written by St. Paul, we buy that. Uh, and then they had a discussion about the book of Revelation, about the, uh, the epistle of James, uh, Hebrews, letter to the Hebrews. And they discussed that, prayed about it, discussed it. And uh, uh, St. Augustine stood up, by the way, he was the bishop there in Hippo in 393, and gave a great talk about why the book of Revelation is inspired. I mean, what what about it? And uh, and they all said, yeah, we, we all think it is, but, you know, thank you for nailing it down. And they voted, and they said, okay, these are the 27 books that we know to be the inspired word of God. The other 46, the other books, the Old Testament, they had they decided on that. That will be the Greek Old Testament will be the inspired word of God. It has seven more books than the Hebrew Old Testament. Uh, we, buy the, we think the Greek is the one because that's the one Matthew keeps uh, keeps uh, reciting. He refers always to the Greek Old Testament, so that must be the one. So after 393, that end of discussion, it's kind of like, okay, that's the Bible, everybody. Everybody had it, had, that was it. And then until you get into the Protestant Reformation of the 1500s and, and some of the good reformers, good people, said, well, we don't know if, if the Word of God is, is really, uh, you know, is Matthew really inspired or is Book of Revelation or... Um, well, what does it mean uh, when Jesus said, who sins you forgive are forgiven uh, to the apostles? Does that mean that you can forgive sins, you know, in the sacrament of confession? So so we're not really sure. Well, uh, the, the church said, well, wait a minute. The church had the authority. Everybody believed it. Anybody who walks around with a Bible under their, in their hand must believe in the authority of the Catholic Church, at least up to 393, because that's who, that's who nailed it. Uh, and I, sometimes I'll tell people, if you don't accept the authority of the church, uh, of those bishops and the Pope in 393, go back and go through all those other books you want and, and develop your own, you know, if you don't think they had the authority. So, uh, no, we all accept that. Everybody who walks around with the Bible accepts that. And the question is, well, how about what it means? Uh, what does that mean? You know, who sins you forgive are forgiven. Well, uh the church always believed it. it. Literally, it means that they can forgive sins in the name because he, he Jesus repeats it, and uh, and as I've said in previous programs, that uh, people always have gone to another person to have their sins forgiven. Anybody who's baptized never baptized themselves. Somebody else poured the water or dunked them or whatever and said the words, uh, "I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit." So I needed another person to help me. To forgive my sins the first time around. Uh, so anyway, uh, so we're gonna now we're gonna come back and talk a little bit about the transfer, how that authority came to the apostles. That's a good question. We'll be right back, Monsignor Frank Bignano, Iowa Catholic Radio Authority of the Church. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. That's BlessmanInternational.org. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. 
Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Okay, Monsignor Frank Bagnano. Now, somebody can can, can go back and say, well, how do you know Jesus even gave authority to the apostles? That's a good question. Not a bad question at all. Okay? And uh, I have mentioned on previous programs, uh, there are a couple of things that are right, right in the scriptures where you see this authority. Um, one is the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, and it's, it's, I always love this one. Um, it's I call it the Matthew transfer. Now, try to picture it. The first part of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4 to chapter 9, is all about Jesus casting out evil spirits, curing, healing people, preaching the word, right? Then he transfers his authority over to the apostles. Okay, I'll show you right here. Get your Bible out. Uh, Matthew chapter uh, 4, verse 23. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, curing every disease and illness among the people. All right, got it. Wait a minute. Then I go over to chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went all around to the towns and villages, teaching their, in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God, and curing their disease and illnesses. Wait, I just read that in, in chapter 4. What's going on? It's called an internal parenthesis. That's what it's literally called. There, Jesus, uh, the, the writer, Matthew, is creating this parenthesis uh, that uh, so the first part is going to be Jesus doing all these things as a son of God. Now he's going to transfer his authority, share his authority, you might say, with the church. He's going to do that. Uh, when you get to chapter 9. So that's the second uh, parenthesis here. Um, and so then right after that, uh, it, it's, a, here, here, it's so beautiful, chapter 9. Uh, so he says, Jesus went around the towns teaching their sin, proclaim the gospel. Okay, we know this, this parenthesis into the, number 2. Then, then, he, then now we, here comes the transfer. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity, for them, they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said, the harvest is abundant. The laborers are few. Ask the master of the harvest 
to send out laborers into his harvest. Chapter 10. Then he summoned his 12 disciples, gave them authority. Oh, there's the magic word. Gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and illness. And just to nail it, Matthew names them. The names are Simon, Andrew, and so on and so forth. And then he gives them instructions how to go out and that they're going to be persecuted, etc., just like he was persecuted. So that's the transfer. So the first half, you might say, of the Gospel of Matthew is about Jesus doing all these things by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Now he's, he says, but I can't, I, there, I got too many people out here. It's a whole world. I need help. I'm going to appoint you. I will choose you, give you the authority. He does it. And then the rest of that, what's going on? They're, they're doing the same thing Jesus did. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and he says, uh, and they come back and say, Lord, we, uh, we, we've done it. We've cured all these people. Wow, we, we didn't know we could do that. And, and Jesus says, no. He says, um, I have given you that authority. Yep. Don't worry. Uh, uh, you will be persecuted like I've been persecuted. They're gonna not, people aren't going to like what you're going to say. You know, forgive your enemies. Some people aren't going to like that. Uh, and he goes on to say, uh, and but also you will win at the end. Don't worry. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So right there in Matthew's gospel, we have what I call the Matthew transfer. Now, is that the only place that there's a transfer of authority? No, no, <laughs> no. Luke does the same thing. If you read, if you study the scriptures, Luke does the same thing. How do we how do we know that? Uh, well, first of all, uh, by the way, uh, st- sticking with Matthew for just a second, uh, in Matthew's gospel, uh, you have Jesus then giving authority over to one person over the other apostles. You got one leader, Peter. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, in chapter uh, sixteen of of the uh, uh, gospel, uh, we see that. Uh, Jesus says, uh, uh, who do people say I am? And they say, some say you're John the Baptist, others say you're Elijah, Jeremiah, chapter 16, verse 14. Uh, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon Peter, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father, I say to you, you are Peter. Oh, he just changed his name, Petrus. His name was Simon, not anymore. Upon this rock, the word Petrus means rock. I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. I will give you, Peter, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. That's a lot of authority to give to Peter. He even changed his name from Simon to Petrus, which, which is Cephas in Greek, which is rock. The guy's name is rock. I hope his friends didn't just call him Rocky, you know. But anyway, yeah, that's it. And uh, uh, and you, you get the same kind of a thing happening, of course, in the Old Testament. Uh, you get the that Jesus changes the name of Abraham to Abram. Chapter 17, uh, Jesus, God says to Abraham, you no longer shall be called Abram. Your name shall now be Abraham. What does that mean? Abraham means father of many nations, just like Petrus means rock. So he made 
Abraham, the father of many, he changed his name. The only two places in the Bible where a name is changed because their mission has been given to them is Abraham and Peter. Abraham in the Old Testament, Peter in the New Testament. Go figure. So that's it. Uh, And he says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven to Peter. Keys meant authority, Isaiah chapter 22. Whoever has the keys to the city has authority. And also, by the way, Peter, um, whenever there's a list of apostles, his name is first. He speaks for the other apostles in in, uh, chapter 18. Um, uh, He's told Jesus talks to him personally after the resurrection. He appears on the side of the uh, Lake of Tiberias. He says, one-on-one, I just love this. Uh, He says uh, to Peter, he says, uh, chapter 21 of John's Gospel, uh, you are, three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Pastor, he doesn't have a one-on-one anybody under the other apostles, just with Peter. Another example, if you want to keep going, the name of Peter is mentioned in the New Testament 195 times. And the other 11 apostles all together, their names are mentioned 130 times. The other 11 apostles, 130. He alone, 195. Yeah, big transfer of authority. He is the authority over the other apostles. You can't get around it if you read it. So this is a Monsignor Frank. Now, we'll be right back. We're talking about authority in the scriptures. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Are you ready to have some fun again? Then get your tickets now for Iowans for Life's Pro-Life Christmas Gala. You'll experience a fabulous meal and Christmas entertainment along with a pro-life talk by Bishop William Johnson. Support life. Have fun. What a great combination. The date is Saturday, November 21st. The place is Ron Pearson Event Center in West Des Moines. Get details at iowansforlife.org. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for your support of Dowling Catholic Sports 365. Construction Professionals is a family-owned business dedicated to our customers. Whether designing, building, or renovating, we are here to better serve you. cpcustomhomes.com Thanks to Blessman International for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Every year, Blessman International leads teams of Central Iowans to share the compassionate heart of Christ with orphans and vulnerable children in South Africa. You can learn more and sign up for a trip at blessmaninternational.org. Okay, we're talking about the transfer. People say, well, 
where does Jesus transfer his authority to the church, to the apostles? Well, it's, it's pretty clear if you read carefully uh, and thoughtfully. I talked about the Matthew transfer. You know, those four to nine, chapters 4 to chapter 9, Jesus, everything is, do, he's, is doing all these miracles, forgiving sins, whatever he's doing. And then chapter 9, he says, I need help. I need help. And so now you see the last half of the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, the focus is Jesus kind of is not with the crowds much anymore at all. He spends all of his time with the apostles. There's where he's giving authority there, uh, to, to his apostles. But how about the rest of the Bible? How about how about the Gospel of Luke? Right, it's Luke does the same thing, except he does it in a little different style. Uh, Luke, as you know, wrote two books of the New Testament: the Gospel of Luke and Acts of the Apostles. Um, in uh, he writes chapter one in Luke to a man, a, a Roman by the name of Theophilus. He's going to tell about Jesus. Okay, Acts of the Apostles, chapter one. He says, "O Theophilus." In my first book, I mentioned about all that Jesus said and did. So he wrote two volumes, right? This is the follow-up. Here's the follow-up. In the first one, he talks about Jesus, all right? The second one, he's going to talk about the church. It's often called the gospel of the church, Acts of the Apostles, okay? Well, he makes he's pretty good at this transfer. He's very smart. He's a physician. So, okay, here we go. In chapter 1, verse uh uh, 26, There, Mary is with the, the angel appears to Mary and says, will you be the mother of the Son of God? In chapter 1, verse 14 of the Acts of the Apostles, you have all the apostles together with the early church, and who's right in the middle of them? Mary. Hmm, he makes a point of that. Okay, and then in chapter 3, uh, verse 22 of Luke's Gospel, we have the descent of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. The Holy Spirit comes to Jesus. Okay, then you have in Luke's. Then he's 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 good. He's, he, in fact, there's a whole book out called the Parallels of Luke. Uh, it tells the parallels of, of the Gospel and the Acts of the Apostles. So, so you have in chapter two the Holy Spirit coming down on the church. Came down on Jesus in verse chapter three of the of the Gospel. Comes down on the church in chapter two of Acts of the Apostles. Then, chapter 4 of Luke's Gospel, Jesus gives his first Sermon on the Mount, right? Chapter 2, Acts of the Apostles, Peter gives his first sermon. <laughs> he comes out on the roof. He talks after the coming down of the Holy Spirit. He speaks for the whole church. He gives the first sermon, okay? Luke's, Luke's a master at this, okay? Then you have in chapter 5 of Luke's Gospel, Jesus heals the lame person. Then, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, Jesus, uh, excuse me, chapter 3, Peter goes out and heals a lame person. (laughs) Luke Luke is writing this saying, don't you get it? (laughs) Okay, all right. Uh, In chapter 7 of Luke's Gospel, uh, the centurion sends men to Jesus, uh, you know, to, to ask him to come and heal, whatever. And in chapter 10 of Acts, a centurion sends men to Peter. <laughs> Please come and help us. So, as I say, there's a whole book called The Parallels of Luke. What he's doing is he's saying, I'm trying to show you. I'm writing two books. The first one's about Jesus. The second one's about all that Jesus is going to be doing through his church, through the Holy Spirit. There it is. Transfer of authority. So, folks... 
the authority of Jesus has been given to his church, period. It's right there in the New Testament. Uh, that's it. Okay. Uh, and, uh, of course, I, I mentioned before, the, another transfer of authority I've mentioned in the Gospel. Let's go to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 20, verse 19, uh, where he gives authority to forgive sins to the apostles. Read it for yourself. Uh, John 20, 20, read it. Uh, whose sins you forgive are forgiven. And then just to make it real clear, this is what Jewish rabbis do. You said something in the positive, you said it in the negative, just like we do with our kids. If you're good at grandma's house, we're going to stop at Dairy Queen. If you're bad, I'm going to take away your cell phone. So you say something that's positive and negative, they get it. Okay? And it's pretty explicit. And then you look at the history of the church. I did, took a whole course on the history of the sacrament of confession or reconciliation. Amazing, the history. It just... Really, really, really good, uh, and I I won't go into that right now because I don't have time. Sometimes I'd like to go over that that history of the first four centuries of how sins were forgiven after baptism. Sins were forgiven. The first was restricted to certain people who they had to they committed one of three sins: murder, apostasy, and adult or adultery. If you did that, you were kicked out of the church. You, had, you could only come back once. You could have your sins forgiven once a lifetime. That was it. Uh, and then, uh, but the principle was there. Jesus, they knew Jesus had transferred that authority. So anyway, that's that's the question. We look at the Bible. Where is the authority of the church in the Bible? They are the ones who set it up, and they are the ones who interpret it. And it's right there. So anyway, well, God bless you. Thanks for listening, and I hope this has enlightened you in terms of of the Bible that we all love and, and cherish. God bless you. Join Iowa Catholic Radio every Wednesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. for Thought of the Week with Monsignor Frank Pugnano. Listen online at iowacatholicradio.com or on the Iowa Catholic Radio app.